a lot of times when people say I have a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear, when you section it out, you can all of a sudden say with great confidence to somebody, you're right, you have no underpinnings. You're right, you don't have any pants that fit. And that's the power of what we do is help people instead of going to a store or online to shop aimlessly. Yes. Very intentional and good purchases so that they can build that base wardrobe in a way that sustains them. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle and welcome back to the show. I am thrilled that we have on a fashion consultant and image expert, Mary Lou Andre. She's a nationally recognized stylist, corporate image consultant, speaker, and author. She is founder and president of Organization by Design, and she helps individuals and organizations understand the power of being appropriately dressed in a variety of situations. Through her extensive corporate, retail, and private clients, services. Mary Lou has helped thousands of individuals identify and pull together a wardrobe that complements their professional and casual lifestyles. She's the editor of Dressing Well Online and the author of Ready to Wear, an Expert's Guide to Choosing and Using Your Wardrobe. Welcome, Mary Lou. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It's great to be here. Yeah, well, we know so many people in common, and I discovered you somehow on Instagram, and I thought, Oh my goodness, that's a face I recognize from 20 years ago when I worked in corporate. So you've been at this since like 1992, right? Correct. Yes. A long time, Michelle. And as I said earlier, I was 10 years old when I started. That's right. That's right. <laughs> a long exactly. time to be doing this, but right. you know, yeah, I do feel blessed that I found my uh, my calling at a relatively young age and the business has certainly take, is just taking me on a, on a journey. That's for sure. Well, you have a fun story. I read that you sold your wedding dress. Mm-hmm. Not your wedding dress. Did you sell it? It was your wedding dress to fund your business. Is that true? I did. And I kept the husband though. <laughs> Everybody asked me that too. Yeah. You know, at the time I, it was so long ago, it was, you know, pre-internet. And I, I read an article. I was always somebody that turned over every single rock to try to find information. I was always a researcher and a learner. And I read, I read about consignment stores. And back then it's a brand new concept for me. And I really had this idea for a business. And of course I had no capital at all. So I was like, oh, the most expensive thing I own is my wedding dress. And I went and I sold it at Vows in Newton. It's no longer there. I still have the receipt. And it was honest to goodness what I used to launch my business. So yes, it is a true story. I love that story. And we do cover the entrepreneurial journeys of many women. And I think it's nice for people to hear just being a little creative and crafty, you can come up with funds to launch. And was fashion just always a part of you? Were you always very stylish? How did you fall into that? Yeah, it's a really creative endeavor for me, Michelle. I mean, I was the kid that if you asked me if I wanted to go to Disney World or go into Filene's Basement, for your listeners that are not from New England, Filene's Basement was this econ 
iconic department store in the Boston area, um, I would have picked Filene's basement any day of the week. It was the touch and the feel and the look. So it's not as much um, coming from a place of of perfection or, you know, of course, my, my calling is image and style confidence and helping people really understand the power of personal presentation. Um, but back in the day, it was just a very visually stimulating activity for me to um, go to the store. And, um, you know, one of my fondest childhood memories is back to school shopping where I would line up my friends and it was, you know, I would put my own shopping um, to the back of the line and just, I just was very stimulated with helping people. And I had a natural ability to understand shapes and colors at a pretty early age. But I think the thing that I fell in love with is I am a connector and I love people and to see the joy and the confidence um, and the fun um, that people could have with their clothes um, was probably what was the thing that attracted attracted me to this, this job in the first place. I love it. It sounds like you've connected a lot of the things that you're naturally good at. So you're creative, you love connecting people, you love looking at the shapes and the colors. So it seemed like you took all of these different things that lit you up and found, not even just you found a career, you, you basically started your own business, which meant that you are your own boss, which is also another layer of empowerment. So that's great. Um, you did mention about being a consultant and an image, you know, helping people with their image. Define for us or like help us articulate the, the, how image and fashion go hand in hand and why it's important to make an effort. Because I, I, I think the distinction is important. Yes, it is. Uh, great question. So, you know, back in the day before I started my business, um, image consultants were, were folks that dressed the store windows. Like I worked in retail and um Stylists, I guess. Stylists were the ones that that did the windows. So there was that word is relatively new. You know, I've been huh. doing this for a long time, and I think that word stylist came in about twenty years ago. So when I first started, I called myself a fashion consultant. I mean, how it really started was I was just going to people's homes and really organizing them. And I think if I had to change the name of my add a new tagline today would be an organized approach to style because so much of what we do is just make sense of it. Um, but the difference, so it went from stylists being folks that worked in a store to uh, visually present merchandise to fashion consulting, which is what I did, um, which always had a sense of organization for me personally. And then all of a sudden, 20 years ago, when the first kind of um, television shows started popping up, like what not to wear and those type of things, the word stylist became very popular. And that always intimidated me a little bit. Like I didn't really embrace that, that word until um, I started building my team of stylists. I still called them fashion consultants for a long time. And then stylists kind of uh, stuck. And it's, it's definitely a word that people identify with what yeah. we do, but it really was fashion consulting for a long time. And then the image consulting piece, I kind of adopted that when corporations were calling me in um, when business casual came on the scene, which wasn't all that long ago, about 20 years ago. Now um, my clients were asking me to come in um, as an image consultant and help their teams and their employees figure out what all that meant. So that was another big, we, I've recreated myself so many times, Michelle, it's so funny, but that was another <laughs> big pivot was going one-on-one -on -one where people sought you out for your advice to being placed in front of an audience talking about a topic that can be very loaded if it's not presented in the right way. So 
I always prided myself in um, really um, honoring the audience, really honoring uh, what image and fashion represented to many people. And again, connecting and using language that was more about communication, like how we de- define in, in the corporate arena back in the day when I was doing so many seminars, executive image, it was really more about energy and confidence and boundaries. And when I approached it that way, I usually got from people crossing their arms to that light bulb moment. And then I could then help them vision how to use it as a tool for co- communication for success. So that was huge when I kind of cracked that code for myself, because I was literally thrown into that arena overnight, wasn't super comfortable, got a lot of coaching, and had to really connect with what my own definition of what I was doing was, and how to instill that in people in a way that they could embrace it easily. Yeah. And I know that we talked before we started recording before the mics went on, about mm-hmm. how I headed up marketing for a law firm. And that that's actually when I first met you. And it was probably was about 20 years ago. And, and I know that you, you've worked with pretty much every law firm, major law firm out there, at least in the Boston area, is probably beyond, but we were both in Boston. And lawyers can, when you said cross the arms, that I could picture a very skeptical audience going, oh, she thinks she's going to tell me how to dress. I, you know, I'm very busy and this is a waste of my time. You know, I don't know who put the seminar seminar on, but I'm not going to get much out of it. And then you were probably able to help them relax and go, oh, good. This is actually, this is so what I need, right? Yeah. And that was really the joy of when I really started to fall in love with presenting is when you really could plant some pretty big seeds from the, from the front of the room, um, see those shifts and the feedback on our programs, which ended up being, you know, a huge piece of what I did for the last, right before COVID, actually, mm-hmm. um, um, it, it would be the feedback consistently was the subtle yet significant difference that we saw in the attitude and the confidence of our people was actually tremendous. So that is when we did start to patent a lot of our um, material, um, and we do have a process and a system and a methodology that has served us really well. And it really went back to figuring out how I could teach something that A, intimidated some, B, some people thought you either were born with the gene or or you weren't. And I don't Mm -hmm. believe that at all. It's really about opening your mind and retraining your own eye to understand the principles of dress in a way, you know, I'm meeting people where they're at, you know, sometimes you're working with someone that's got a very high level of sophistication around clothing and dress. And then other times you're working with somebody that they're really being held back, Michelle, because they can't figure this out. Can't tell you the number of brilliant men and women, but I know your audience is mostly women, um, that it would just break my heart that they were so brilliant and they would get to a point in their career where the, um, again, the, the visual and the personal presentation and the confidence and the energy, really, because that's what clothing and dress does for you is mm-hmm. it allows you to connect and own your power in a different way and sit at a different place at the table. Um, so when we kind of, you know, we had a formula that could really help people um, um, own that success a little differently. Um, that was huge. Um, so we kind of um, harnessed that. And, you know, developed a reputation um, 
in in the space. And I think most of the time we were invited back because of the way we made people feel about a topic that quite honestly, I can't tell you the number of times I went on a sales call when they said, oh, we think we need to help people, but what are you going to say? And uh, they were a little, you know, was, and then you'd get there and all of a sudden you, you could, um, again, take a topic that is not that easy to teach on. It's a visual um, and make it relevant. So it was a wild ride. And to your point, um, there wasn't many law firms or professional services firms. Um, it just allowed us to reach more people, which was the game, name of the game back then. Yeah. And I think image is important for everyone. I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, the seminars uh, stopped with COVID. What have you seen? Because you also mentioned that business casual started 20 years ago people are kind of going back into the workplace. I'm curious because I haven't been in a corporate environment in about 20 years. So what are people wearing to work now? Or these calls, what are they showing up in? Or what should they be showing up in? Um, Well, I got to love the people that when, you know, COVID started 18 months ago now, or whatever, 20 months ago now, um, there was just so many people that thought that our business would never survive it. and, And we didn't just survive it. We're, we're thriving. We had to definitely um, really pivot to online like everybody else. Yeah. We do a lot of virtual consulting. But was what was so interesting is that um, when the first um, wave of COVID let up a little bit, which was last summer, a lot of people that we had worked with a long time ago sought us out because they were home. A lot of the people that we work with travel a lot are on airplanes, all of a sudden they were home. So our organizational system resonated with them. We didn't stop marketing. We were certainly sensitive and relevant. So our process of closet organization was huge. People really wanted to get rid of the stuff that they were never going to wear again, which, you know, the hardcore business suits, which was all are those know, out. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm yeah. curious, are those out? Do people wear suits um, anymore? It's just different, Michelle. There's a completely new, um, level of dress, not completely out. And um, what I found too, is that people are right now, we're super busy. People are craving looking good again, dressing up again. They're also craving some direction on how to be relaxed and appropriate. So for instance, the fabrics have changed, you know, Mm -hmm. even our, we do, we, we have a nice online um, program that we teach and we've had to, for the first time, um, really revamp our process. We have athleisure wear in there now. We have, you know, how to dress things up and dress things down. And we have a whole section on elevated casual. So it it's not, it has not gone back to, I think it's mostly fabrics, to be quite honest. It's more of a, you know, it's fabrics that are are just different. Um comfortable. Come more comfortable, exactly. More yeah. relaxed. Um, but the sense that people don't care how they look, that's just, that's just crazy. Every Everybody does. And the more we get back to some sense of normal, the world has changed. Um, it does matter how you show up for an interview. You can use your clothing and grooming, again, as a powerful tool of communication. And you can use it to stand out, yet fit in in all the right ways. And people are looking for doing more with less. People are also, especially the new generation, are very much into the environment 
and sustainability. So vintage and consignment and fabrics that you don't necessarily have to dry clean all the time. Um, that's part of the conversation. But our simple, you know, our premise, which is an organized approach to dress, that will always be in style. Knowing what you have and knowing how you connect it to how you live. We work with a lot of people that are just approaching retirement. They want to travel the world. They, you know, they don't want to have the suits on anymore, but they want to use some of their basics in a new way. So yeah, it's yeah. new. It's new. And like everything else, some things change and some things remain the same. So we're, we're in a process that we're actually through it. We had to just, you know, re reassess and jigger things a little bit differently, but people do come to us for our process and our sensibility of making shopping in your closet, getting ready for your day, um, exciting and easy. And at the end of the day, what we're really selling is confidence. You want to leave the house feeling your personal best, and that's different for everybody. Yes. I love that you talked about confidence. Well, today you're going to walk us through your five-step dressing well method. Yep. Um, what, what is that? This is something you use with your clients, right? This is one of your systems. Yeah, it's really our signature um, process, Michelle. I use it when I am, again, speaking to a group and I use it every day when I'm working with private clients and I use it to train our team and the folks that work here. I pick, you obviously have to have fashion sense to work here, but I pick people that love human beings. I, I pick people that have good judgment. So with these five steps, Anyone can work here and develop their own way of interacting with other people. And then what we're pretty proud of is we don't just go in and do it for you and say, see you later. Um, we're really teaching people how to do this on their own. Um, so the process, if you want me to jump into the steps. Yeah, let's get started. Um, let's, yeah, yeah, let's start with the first one. Out. I think this is great. Yeah. So people want to have, and let's just frame it with the fact that this is also, you talked about shopping your closet and leaving your home feeling confident. That is the mindset, right? And I think everyone wants that. And, and like you said before, you don't, you don't have to be somebody who was always drawn to fashion to do this. And I think that's also important to just know, because some people feel overwhelmed, you know, with their closet or feeling like, I don't know what colors look good on me or how to do this. So I'm excited. So yeah. So where do we start? What's the first step? Um, the first step is really an organized approach to dress. So mm. it's getting in and anyone can do this. Um, you get into your, you know, um, before you start trying anything on, it's assessing your space, Michelle. Okay. So looking at your home and everybody has a different size closet and different space available to them. Where is your stuff? And <laughs> the goal is to, as you picked up, so nicely a moment ago, if the goal is to leave that house quicker, feeling better than ever, or to jump on that Zoom call without being stressed out, then where you store your things and how you store your things is critical. Okay. So step number one is to assess all the storage space in your home, evaluate where everything is, and then pick one place that you can get dressed from efficiently. Okay. So what's very funny is that oftentimes when someone calls our office to uh, schedule an appointment, they'll say, oh, I don't have that much stuff. When we can go to somebody's home and now we're doing it on Zoom, which is brilliant. But if we can go to someone's home and really 
help them, um, that, that's a great way to do this process. So oftentimes we'll get there and the people that say they have nothing have taken over every closet in the house and there's so much stuff and you, you know, no wonder they can't get it get it together. And then other folks who say they have a ton of stuff really don't have much at all. So it's so relative. Um, But that's step number one is picking that space and then staying in the current season. So you're in California, so you don't have the weather shifts that we had in New England. Um, But what we like to do and how I train our consultants is to start with the season at hand, start with the most important part of a client's life, whether it's work or social retirement, wanting to date again after not dating for a long time, get that promotion, start that job. I mean, we work with young people just starting their careers to, we just work with someone this summer, a mother of our client, 90 years old, going to a wedding, all different with all the same wants and needs. Yeah. Make me feel great. So that's step number one. And then it is without slowing down to try anything on, it's putting your hand on everything and saying, do I love it? And I wear it. It stays in the closet. I love it, but the zipper's broken. It comes out. Um, I never like that color on me. That goes in the donation pile. So it's repurposing and organizing in a way that makes it easy for you to release the mistakes, um, to laugh at the mistakes. Um, you know, I always say my husband plays golf. <laughs> he, I When we go on vacation, he golfs, I shop. I usually have a lot more to show for my money than he does. But, you know, we all make mistakes. And over the years, you know, my boys are 22 now. But when I had a babysitter in the house, I always gave her stuff. My sister lives in Dallas. I was constantly sending her some things that would work better for her lifestyle there. So, Number one is giving yourself permission to downsize. So Michelle, when I wrote my book, and it's been out for a long time now, but it really is, um, the publisher forced me to come up with a methodology. It was the best. I was writing 365 days of dressing well, and halfway through writing it, the publisher said, no, 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 no. (laughs) We want a system. And it was, you know, one of those things where it's often a blessing, you know, once you get yes. through the shock of having to change something as dramatically as that. I had the yes. book written. Um, they did me a huge favor because this methodology has literally changed people's lives. Wow. It's allowed me to hire people and train them to a system that they can immediately go in and move the needle pretty quickly. So getting in, assessing the space, giving permission for people to downsize, making it fun, not slowing down to try things on, getting some nice lighting, getting the right hangers, going crazy if somebody is like a total neat neat freak or aesthetically, you know, that's going to be important to them. Sometimes we, you know, the other funny thing is a lot of people call our company thinking that we're like California closets or, you know, we're we, I'll always say, I'm glad you called us first because we're going to do what those companies won't do. We're right. going to do size. And when yeah, I wrote yeah. the book, that was one of the, I interviewed about a hundred clients when I wrote the book. Wow. I remember um, that when I asked what's the best thing our company has done for you. And again, we're, we're, we're helping people get bigger jobs, meet new love interests. So many people, Michelle said, you help me get rid of stuff. So I think as Americans, 
um, we are consumers. So step number one is downsizing, retiring with respect. Yes. That and kind of getting your mojo back. So even in my home, if you came here today, I have a little basket in my closet where I have things that I'm donating. And I, when I bring things into my house, I release something. Every time? Almost every time. I'm I'm serious. Almost every time. Yeah. I, a friend of mine was saying that she does that too. She said, no, no, you can't bring anything in until you get rid of something. But is it like for like? So for example, you're getting rid of, of a well-loved worn, I don't know, fleece zip up or something, and you're replacing it with a new fresh looking one. Is it, is oh, it that? You know, there are exceptions too. Like I know when I, this whole pandemic thing happened, I had to go and buy a whole bunch of Zoom tops. So yes. I didn't necessarily get rid of things when I did that because it was a new need. Yes. That makes sense. It does. The other thing I do is if I have something that is really well loved, I have a closet in a spare bedroom that I have some of my beautiful pieces in that I'm never getting rid of. And I actually, I, we, I think you've seen some of our lives. I bring them out and show. Um, they're just not in my day-to-day in my way. Yes. So again, going back to the organizational piece, it's if somebody only has one closet, it's setting it up in a way that it can contain everything they need. Yes. And then finding solutions, whether it be storing things at the dry cleaner, putting things under beds, or if somebody has access to many closets, um, Let's take some of that stuff out and put it in another area. Even yeah. in my house, uh, and I'm in an older house in New England, so I always say if I can make it work, anybody can. Like I have another closet that's all my summer stuff. Yeah. So if I do go on vacation, you know, I can go in there. You, and, and you literally shop that closet, your summer closet. Yeah. Okay, so but are you replacing like for like, or, do, or it's uh, more that no, something's leaving? You're just making space, is what you're saying. I'm making space. You're not making like, space. Like, I'm making okay. space. Yep. Yeah. I might have a wedding coming up and yes. I might go and buy, you know, five pieces to go to the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. yeah. No. And then okay. I'm retiring stuff that didn't make the cut for the wedding. Yes. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. And so the third, let me just ask quickly though, when you're, so you're assessing your space and maybe this is part of the steps. So if it is, you can just, we can hold on it, but sometimes it's knowing where things should go. So, you know, like, do jeans get hung up? Do they get folded in the closet? Do they get, you know, I feel like anything that ends up in the bureau, you just grab what's on the top and you don't even know what's underneath in those drawers sometimes. So what goes where? Does that matter? I'm sure that must be a part of it. It does. Okay. Okay. Uh, Yes. It's also, you know, the people that work for us are naturally organized and they're trained on assessing space. So you really have to get into somebody's um, head a little bit. So for instance, I have my jeans in a drawer, but I only have about five pairs of jeans. Um, When I'm doing my, which we'll get to kind of the shop in the closet piece, I will hang a pair of jeans with a leather jacket, a cool shirt, um, and put the outfit together. So I, it's kind of divide and conquer. Michelle is is part of step one is get everything in its separate category so that you can see the jackets, the pants, the jeans, the shirts, the t-shirts. I hang up t-shirts sometimes too if I'm going to forget about them in a drawer. Yes. And then um, because a lot of times when people say I have a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear, when you section it out, you can all, all of a sudden say with great confidence to somebody, you're right, you have no underpinnings. You're right, you don't have any pants that fit. Yes. Um, 
And that's the power of what we do is help people instead of going to a store or online to shop aimlessly, Yes, very intentional and good purchases so that they can build that base wardrobe in a way that sustains them. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. The trying on is um, step number two, and it's, we call it the four good F words. Okay. Everything on fit, fabric, functionality, and flair in that okay. order. Okay. So you're making sure that things fit properly. You're making sure that the fabrics work for your internal and external environments. So it feels good on you, depending, yeah. you know, when they get to a certain age and they can't wear wool anymore. Or some folks like you move to a different climate. So yeah doing all of that. And then also assessing the functionality, like when's the last time you went to a store and somebody selling you shoes actually asked, you know, if your feet hurt or like, you know, so really saying I, you know, like back in the day and it shifted now because of COVID, but we had so many people traveling. So, you know, if you didn't have shoes that you could move through the airport or get on a train or walk a couple blocks to your office. So it was all the functionality or, you know, evaluating your outerwear. Um, Do you have things for a rainy day, a sunny day, a cold day? So the, so not only having the things that make you feel good and, and look great on you, but also taking it a further step for functionality. And then flair is always the last piece of our puzzle. And that's kind of, um, you know, making sure that you have, um, you know, I guess that's step number three, bouncing around a little bit, um, is then looking at your base wardrobe. And what do you have now that you've gotten rid of the dead wood, you've gotten rid of more because of fit. And, you know, if you want, I can go into some of those, those principles, but it's, it's different for people that are tall, people that are short, you know, it's all about playing your ass. You know, I always laugh women, you say they want to hide you know, they, they can tell you everything that's wrong with them and what looks terrible. And then you work with a man and he's got this big old beer belly and he's like standing tall and thinking he looks great. And a woman will take the one thing they don't like and harp on it. So I always challenge people like, what do you love about yourself? Your beautiful eyes, your, you know, slim ankles, your um, beautiful shoulders or whatever it is. It's using uh, fit proportion and balance, which is the fit exercise um, to feel great and comfortable in your own skin so that you shine. And then it's looking at what is needed. And we do teach, um, we have a program called 90 Days to Stellar Style that we teach on Zoom, which was a gift of COVID. And I'm just delighted that, um, and they're also, if you take the program, you're, you're assigned to one of our stylists, but you take the program in the group and there's six lessons And then you get one-on-one time with a stylist so that if you are questioning a blouse or a jacket or a pair of jeans, you can put it on and have your stylist say, yes, we can make that look amazing with the right uh, cut top or that jacket really, we can do better. We have all the little, you know, nice ways to say. Yeah, we can do better. better. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And then the next thing, Michelle, is to say, let's identify what you need. And post COVID, to your earlier point, things have shifted. So if you don't have um, a pair of 
yoga pants that can be elevated to going out to meet friends for coffee. Maybe that's what you add. If you don't have a pair of super comfortable sneakers that have a little bit of an edge and you live in New York City, we work with a lot of people in New York, you know, maybe that's on your list or you're so sick of black and you want color, or maybe you're on Zoom so much that you're going insane and you've already added all the colorful tops. So maybe it's beautiful shorter necklaces or bigger earrings or whatever. So step number four is then really building that wardrobe up in a way that utilizes what you already have that you mm. love in everybody's yes. pieces. Yes. And then strategically adding, looking at budget looking at lifestyle. Some people have big, big lifestyles or what's coming up. You know, in our stellar style class, it was hysterical. We had one woman who I do all the intakes. She never told me she had five weddings last spring. (laughs) So obviously a big piece of the budget had to be focused on that. And we repurposed so much. She had a dress that her stylist said, it fits you beautifully. Let's just modernize it with a more current shoe. Yeah, get you a shawl that covers your arms and makes you feel your best. And then the last step is um, identifying the stores, designers, brands, and then I call it your team alterations, um, jewelry repair, shoe repair. Um, We do a lot with eyeglasses with people like what is Mm. your team? Yeah. You, Michelle needs a new pair of jeans and Banana Republic jeans fit Michelle perfectly. She can go online and with, with pretty good certainty, she knows it's going to fit. Michelle wants to be a little more edgy and she's got a girlfriend weekend coming up. Michelle can maybe go into a couple of boutiques and experiment. So we give permi- people um, permission yeah. um, to do what works for them. And, you know, boutiques, we love them, but you can't return like you can to a Banana Republic. So we try to give people the strategy of, yeah, those are awesome. You can find awesome things, coats, scarves, jewelry. Sometimes it's not the best place to take a lot of risks. Um, but getting what I like to do personally is I have kind of my brand, my go-tos And then because I'm organized and I practice what I preach, you know, I can have that. I always have a little black dress that I can pull out uh, and accessorize it differently or add a new pair of shoes or, you know, if it's wintertime, maybe put a T-shirt, if it's sleeveless, put a T-shirt underneath it Um, in the summertime, maybe add, I don't know, a little more color, whatever it is, it's the, the process is designed to walk people through in a very methodical way. Um, how to gain control over what they have, understand what should go, understand how to rebuild it in a way. And, you know, Michelle, we've all had, I'm sure you could, I I mean, I've had many different lives in my lifetime. So how do you release and say thank you to the things that served you well? And how do you add things that help you embrace where you want to be? Uh, and I've worked with, we do a lot of nonprofit work. I think you know that. We have a foundation. Uh, and I remember many years ago, I was working at Dress for Success in Boston. I was on the board there for many years. And I used to go in and, and work with the clients because I just loved it. And this woman said to me, you know, she started to cry. And she said, I just want to be able to walk into Nordstrom um, and buy something. And I said, go into Nordstrom tomorrow and try on a dress 
and look at yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and manifest that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's powerful when you use clothing in a way that serves you. And when people will not get rid of things and it's cluttered and it's not clear, it breaks my heart because it, this process, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. It just takes a little bit of time, a little bit of a mind, you know, you're a coach mindset is everything. And um, you really can have um, a new um, feeling about yourself. You don't have to spend a lot of money unless you choose to. Um, so our process is really about, again, meeting people where they're at, evaluating what they have, and then giving them permission to release, permission to add at a price point that's comfortable for them. I love it. I am going to ask you just quick, then you want everyone to have, give me like five things that you want every woman, woman to have in her closet, like well-fitting pair of fitting jeans. Like I'm sure it's broader than that, but if there were five yeah. things that you want every woman to like have ready for her to so she can go out and feel great. What would those be? I think a pair of dark rinse jeans is great because you can dress them up, dress them down. I like black jeans as well. Yeah. Um, I like having a brown and a black leather booty, boot, slip on. Uh, I think those are great because if I'm with somebody and they have a black and a brown, I can make a lot of things work. Um, People sometimes don't have a black or a brown belt. I kind of put that with with my leathers, I think, because I can do a lot with belts. A lot of people think they can't wear belts. And when you show them how to do it properly, it can be a game changer. Um, I think having a really great blazer is nice, whether it's boxy and big, because I just think it adds a lot of polish. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people will say, I see on those lists all the time, like a white blouse. I'm not a big, I don't, I don't believe that because I have so many people that can never button them or they just don't fit right. So that wouldn't yeah. be on my list. A long sleeve black t-shirt is a game changer because you can put it on with a skirt. If you're somebody that is smaller on top, a little bigger on the bottom, you can put it with a skirt and it looks like a dress. And I, so many times people don't like their arms and the really slim ones. I can get under a dress and have that issue go away. I think, is that five yet? I think a scarf and a color that makes your heart sing Mm -hmm. is great. Um, Hoop earrings in a size that's comfortable for you, whether the ones I have on today are on the small side. Yeah, I have larger ones on. (laughs) I love them on you. They're great. But things like that, Michelle, it's so fascinating to me. Like you'll sometimes work with someone and you'll say things that you think are so obvious and they're game changers. And even at my desk, because I'm on my Zoom all day long, um, I have a little um, tray of earrings. So I have a lipstick, a lip liner, and my earrings, and I'm ready to go. And you're so ready to go. And you can even between interviews, swap out an earring if you want, right? Do you do that? Yeah. Or maybe take, you're wearing a sweater vest, which I'm so excited they're in season. Oh, right? I think, they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I like how you're wearing it. You have a long sleeve. I'm going to describe it for those since it's odd. Yeah, blouse on with a pattern, which is is lovely. Um, yeah, you could even take, if you got hot, you could take that off and still look fantastic, right? I mean, this idea of layering is always great. But I love the five takeaways um, in terms of both your dressing well plan, but then also our five must-haves in our closet. Cause that gives a, pl- well, there's so much, so many places people can start based on what we talked about today. If people want to learn about your company and the work that you do, where would I direct them? Mary Lou? Uh, dressingwell.com. Dressingwell.com. Um, yep. And people can find that at thegoodlifecoach.com on the show notes page for today, or they can go directly to Mary Lou's website. Um, so fun to connect with you after so many years. Like I said, we met 
a long time ago, and I think it was briefly, but um, thank you for the work you're doing in the world. Women deserve to feel confident, deserve to feel good in what they're putting on every day and to portray the image that most resonates with who they are on the inside. So this was great. Okay, Michelle, thank you so much. It was wonderful to see you and uh, keep up the good work on your end too. I love your podcast. Uh, Thank you so much, Mary Lou. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope you gained some new information or inspiration for your life. That is that the essence of this show is to really wake up to what's possible for you to reclaim your beautiful voice and to really learn to love and prioritize yourself. So if you gained any value from any of the conversations you've tuned into, make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can do that right now on your phone. And please do consider leaving a rating and review if you have yet to do so on Apple Podcasts. It's actually how more women can find the show. And I really want to grow a community of women who are loving themselves and living full on. So thank you as always for tuning in. And I look forward to reconnecting with you next Wednesday. Bye for now.